Welcome to the Eye on the Cure podcast, the podcast about winning the fight against retinal disease from the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Eye on the Cure podcast. I am your host, Ben Shaberman, with the Foundation Fighting Blindness, and I'm very pleased today to have with us Ash Jacobal who is the Chief Scientific Officer of Opus Genetics. And Opus is a company actually launched by the Foundation Fighting Blindness. We launched it in September 2021 with the express purpose of developing treatments for retinal diseases that aren't being addressed by other groups. So welcome to Eye on the Cure, Ash. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Ben. So before we get started, I wanted to give our audience a little background on you. Ash has both a PhD and an MBA. He's a bioengineer by training and has had over a decade of experience in leading multidisciplinary research teams focused on research and development of therapeutics, drug delivery platforms, and biomarkers for retinal diseases. And Ash came to Opus from Kodiak Sciences, where he served as Executive Director of Discovery Medicine. And prior to Kodiak, he was the Head of Molecular Pharmacology and Biomarkers in Ophthalmology at Hoffman LaRoche. And then before that, you were in academia. You were an Assistant Professor in the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at Vanderbilt in Nashville. So again, it's great to have you with us, Ash. To get things started, when did you join Opus? And tell us a little bit about your role as the chief scientific officer. Sure. I, I was, was joined uh, Opus in October of 2021, so roughly around the same time that our work was getting started, being launched out of the Foundation Fighting Blindness and its venture arm, the RD Fund. As a CSO, I see my role at Opus as really just being accountable for developing and sustaining the Opus portfolio of gene therapies so that we can bring as many scientifically validated gene therapies to the clinic to treat IRD patients as possible. We also want to build a strong internal gene therapy discovery team to develop new gene therapies de novo in-house for IRDs. And to do this, I've been recruiting and building a team of talented scientists and uh, scientific and clinical collaborators, many of whom are already part of the FFB research and clinical trial network. And collectively, we're trying to identify the most promising gene therapy approaches for the various forms of inherited retinal degenerations and to prioritize their development and get more of these medicines to the finish line. And so generally, the CSO, uh, as CSO, I'm trying to align the corporate goals of Opus with, I guess, the scientific goals and helping our team align the resources and capabilities to direct dedicated IRD gene therapy programs. And furthermore, I just also play a role in representing the Opus scientific organization uh, to the community at large. And that's including patient advocacy groups, investors, scientists and clinicians in the IRD space, and it's, and it's really important to stay up to date for Opus on the most recent advances in the research community. But also we need to stay in tune with the patient and families community that we're working for. 
uh, making sure we're hearing their needs and responding to them in the best way uh, we can as a pharmaceutical company. And it's something I'm truly enjoying, and I'm really fortunate and, and grateful to be here in this role. Well, again, it's great to have you in, in that role. And I didn't realize how broad your role really is. You're working on both the science side, really clinical development, and then the patient advocacy side. That, that's, that's a lot of work, especially with a startup company where you're bringing so many new people on board. So I presume you're staying pretty, pretty darn busy, huh? Well, to develop these gene therapy medicines, it, it takes a village, of course. We need input from all the stakeholders. Uh, we need the patients to tell us what their IRD experience is like and, and for the clinicians to tell us how they're uh, treating and managing these patients now uh, so that we can develop a medicine that's tailored to the patient population. Right. Exactly. That's, that's very important. So tell us what Opus is focused on now, therapeutically speaking. What gene therapies are in development? Sure. Our initial programs, our first three programs or medicines, are based on the work of our scientific founders. First, The first two are based on Gene Bennett and Junwei Sun's work at the University of Pennsylvania. And the third program is based on the work of Eric Pierce, of Harvard, uh, Massachusetts Eye and Ear Institute. Gene's work, as, as many folks know, was instrumental in achieving FDA approval of the first ocular gene therapy for IRDs called Luxterna, which addresses a type of IRD called Leber congenital amaurosis, or what we call LCA. And building on the success of Luxterna, Gene Bennett's lab actually developed a number of additional gene therapies for other forms of LCA. But unfortunately, a general lack of interest in ultra-rare disease programs like this from the pharmaceutical industry led to a lot of difficulties getting these other gene therapies to the clinic. And Opus was really founded to get more of these medicines to the finish line so that patients can benefit from all of this groundbreaking science, a lot of which was funded by the FFB itself. So our founders or leadership and our relationship with the patient community through the FFB and RD Fund is really enabling us to move swiftly in identifying and progressing the new therapeutics, which I can now uh, summarize briefly. Um, our first three programs target these different forms of LCA that I was just talking about. And our lead program, which we call OPGX001, or just our first program, is designed to address mutations in the LCA5 gene. And this encodes for the labercillin protein. OPGX001 utilizes an adeno-associated virus, an AAV8, not too unlike a Luxterna, an AAV vector to precisely deliver a functional LCA5 gene to the photoreceptors in the patient's retina. OPGX002, or our second program, focuses on restoration of protein expression and halting functional deterioration in patients with retinal dystrophy caused by mutations in the retinal dehydrogenase gene, also called RDH12. Our second program also leverages the same vector used in the first program, an AAV, transporting, again, a functional gene to photoreceptors in the retina to hopefully result in visual functional improvement. And those first two programs are from the University of Pennsylvania, and Gene Bennett, who led these discoveries, uh, is very active as a scientific founder of our company and is a member of our board of directors, and scientific advisory board. 
Uh, so it's great to lean on Gene as a resource uh, to make sure we're doing everything we can to get these medicines to the clinic. The third program from Massachusetts Ioneer is designed to correct deficiencies caused by mutations in the NMNAT1 gene. And NMNAT1 is an enzyme essential for retinal metabolism, and it governs essential cellular processes needed for vision. Our OPGX003 uses an AAV gene therapy, uh, essentially do the same thing, to structurally rescue this retinal tissue uh, that is deficient in this gene. And we hope to announce several additional programs soon while we're building out our earlier stage development work. So more to come. That, that's a great initial set of targets. And in case our listeners don't know, again, as you said, all of these are targeting LCA. LCA affects kids really at birth or, or very early on. And LCA is pretty severe in, in the effects it has on the retina. So it's exciting that you're working on therapies to help kids ultimately with some pretty challenging conditions. And LCA5, if I understand correctly, the first one you mentioned will be the first to move into a clinical trial, or at least that's the plan. And what's the timetable on that? We expect to initiate the LCA5 phase one clinical trial before the end of this year. So second half of 2022, it will be a safety trial evaluating AAV gene therapy for LCA5 in first adults and subsequently pediatric patients. And this trial will be conducted at the University of Pennsylvania. Right. And just to reiterate a point you made, it's really great to be able to work with Gene Bennett, who is really a world-class pioneer in developing gene therapies with all the work that she and her team did with Luxterna. So I'm curious, you have an interesting background. You've worked in both industry and academia. And then along comes this company that's launched by a nonprofit foundation. What what drew you to Opus? Sure. Yeah, great question. And, you know, as we build our team and try to recruit talented people to join us on the Opus mission, it's always exciting for me to share my perspective on what drew me to Opus. So to recruit others to join us as well. And uh, I've been involved with the Foundation Fighting Blindness uh, in several activities on the research side of things for several years, first as a grant reviewer uh, and then a volunteer. And I was mostly aware of the FFB's significant role in improving patient quality of life through establishment of you know, the groundbreaking research programs, support for the clinical centers of excellence for treating IRDs uh, and AMD, uh, and various patient advocacy and support programs. Uh, so I, I had an idea of what uh, the FFB was about, but I, I felt that at this incredible time for scientific progress, with all of this fantastic research funded by the FFB, along with other institutions such as the NIH, towards bringing innovative therapies to patients with IRDs, it, it was just really unfortunate to see that many of these wonderful research projects with compelling preclinical evidence to support clinical applications, they just don't make it to the clinic where they can benefit patients. And talking with the FFB, they agreed with this, and they decided to take a proactive role and address this lack of clinical translation for so many promising research advances by stepping up and actually forming a company designed by and for patients 
to get more of these innovative gene therapies to the clinic so that we can treat patients that have been waiting for these therapies for a long time. And that was really attractive to me, just seeing a company such as Opus backed by a determined group of leaders, but also patients and their families who all collectively want to address the lack of new therapies for IRDs. And it's just incredible and rare to see the alignment of all the stakeholders behind the Opus family. We have the investors, the patients and their caregivers, we have the clinicians and the scientists we collaborate with and, and work with in-house, all towards the same goal. And to achieve something so ambitious, which is essentially to treat every IRD that we can that isn't being addressed by approved therapies or therapies under investigation and clinical trials, it's really going to be critical that we have that you know, alignment that I'm talking about and that everyone's united toward the same goal. And as a scientist, it's just really important to me uh, because our sense of purpose is then crystal clear and we all get closer to our goals as a team. And then you really feel like this isn't really a job. Perhaps it's more of a calling to help people. And it drives you to work really hard for something that's greater than your personal ambitions and goals. This is really a different kind of company. And, and it was clear early on that Opus was a great fit for me. Well, that that's all so well put, Ash. And we appreciate you diving in, taking the leap to be in this foundation startup. And I'm thinking it's almost May now. This will probably air in May. You joined in October. What's it been like to be with this startup gene therapy company that's really growing by leaps and bounds very quickly? Has it been challenging, heartening? What's it been like for you? Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, every day has been so exciting. You know, you come into work knowing that yeah, there are a number of challenges in rare disease drug development to overcome, especially regarding IRDs. But, you know, yet you look beside yourself and, and see your team, you know, ne nevertheless dedicated to supporting one another to overcome these obstacles one by one. And it's important in a company at our stage to be courageous and creative. And as you tackle the problems, you, you do your best to stay focused on the overall main goal and the end game. Uh, which is getting a medicine to patients as efficiently uh, as possible. And so the first goal, of course, was to build a team with world-class talent. With the founding FFB team that established Opus, we knew we were already starting on the right path, as the FFB leadership team has decades of combined experiments in drug development already, including company creation. So we had experts you know, setting us up for success. And from that foundation, we were able to recruit promising scientists and clinicians and other key team members to really build that broad base of expertise that you need. Uh, and as soon as you recruit that talent, then you need to find and develop world-class science into medicines. And fortunately, again, FFB supported this kind of research for decades and have developed the careers of so many fantastic scientists who can then feed the results of their research into Opus so we can help them turn their concept into a medicine for patients. And that's what we did with Gene Bennett uh, and Eric Pierce, our founders, you know, really for Opus to be a vehicle for clinical translation of these approaches for LCA. They've dedicated their careers to establishing the animal models we've needed to study and elucidate these IRDs, which were once really poorly understood, and really shedding light onto what clinically relevant treatment approaches 
are likely to work. And, and the last challenge has always been fundraising. It's always important in a company of our stage to you know, fuel that engine of drug discovery and drug development, which is through clinical trials and the FDA uh, regulatory process. And uh, RD Fund has really played a strong leadership role in providing us with the needed funding to get started with our first clinical program this year, uh, that is LCA5, while also helping us propel the other two programs, RDH12 and NMNET1, through the regulatory review and approval process. So I guess in summary, it's been a really exciting and challenging time to be at Opus, but I absolutely love it. Well, again, really well put. And for our listeners, you you mentioned the RD Fund. I wanted to explain that that's a special fund that was created by the foundation to raise bigger dollars to move treatments into clinical trials. It's called a venture philanthropy fund. And unlike a venture capital fund, where returns on investments are returned to the investors, with the RD fund as a venture philanthropy fund, all the returns are put back into research. And that's very exciting. So when you have some success, you're actually boosting your ability to fund more research. So one thing that I know I don't appreciate it enough because it's an important part of getting a therapy into a clinical trial is the manufacturing side. We always talk about the research, whether the treatment works or not, and animal models and getting the clinical trial off the ground. But the especially gene therapies are a pretty challenging technology to manufacture. And Opus recently announced a partnership with a manufacturer called Resilience. Can you tell us more about why that partnership is so important and what Resilience will do for Opus? Yeah, our strategic partnership with Resilience uh, is really critical for our goal and our commitment to toward the efficient development of gene therapies for these unaddressed IRDs. Um, specifically, this re- our goal, achieving our goal, requires a very specific manufacturing approach uh, that enables the right size, small scale, yet high quality batches of AAV gene therapies tailored to our patient population, which is often numbering in the hundreds to few thousands, as opposed to more prevalent diseases toward which manufacturing in the pharmaceutical industry is geared toward. So manufacturing is usually tailored towards large production volumes for hundreds of thousands of patients or more, not the case with IRDs. And so that requires actually special expertise and dedication. And so finding the right partner in resilience, you know, ones that really understands our efficient, unique, small-scale approach and can streamline this work was the right call for Opus. And because the idea about Opus is not about one big blockbuster drug program. It's about building an engine to solve as many IRDs as possible by leveraging scale and consistent manufacturing processes to the extent possible. And so manufacturing is a key to our success. And the concept of manufacturing scale is not traditional for for given what you think in terms of volume of drug production, Uh, but rather we're focusing on developing the capabilities and managing the cadence of our clinical timelines to produce therapeutics most efficiently year after year uh, until we can treat all the IRDs that we've set out to treat. Right. And you can have a great therapy that works 
really well in the lab and does what you hope it does. But if you don't manufacture it well, then you're, you're not going to succeed. So manufacturing is, is huge. And it, it's exciting to have this partnership established and announced. So to close off our discussion, I want to get back to you a little bit, Ash, because when I was looking up your bio and where you came from, you really started off, if I understand correctly, in academia, and then you moved into the commercial sector, and here you are in, in our unique company, Opus. When you started off out of school, what did you envision for yourself? Did you always know that you wanted to move into a broader role beyond, let's say, bench science? You know, early in my academic career, uh, starting at the Vanderbilt Eye Institute, uh, where I worked on uh, retinal drug discovery research, my goal was always to translate concepts in the lab to solutions for patients. And so the goal was always what we call translational research, and of course, with the goal of making an impact on patient lives. And much of the work we uh, generated was published or patented and received funding to develop these programs, which I'm very grateful for. But in the process, I, I didn't really fully understand how to take a concept, build financing structure around it, and pitch it to investors and create a product or company. And I, I really wasn't seeing academia. I was seeing the difficulties in academia of establishing a vehicle for turning laboratory concepts to clinical realities. And so I wanted to develop a skill set beyond science in order to be have, it, have a seat at the table to translate these concepts to the clinic. It was evident that I needed to develop business acumen along with scientific acumen to have a key role in translating academic research to medicines. And that's where the management training can really help scientists really, uh, you know, help them speak in a business development sense alongside being a scientific champion uh, of your work. And that's where really when you have more power and capabilities to bring a concept full circle uh, and make a difference in, in the lives of patients. So Opus is a great place to apply what I've learned and what I've been trained to do. Right, exactly. It's almost poetic that what you set out to do early in your career really fits well with your role at Opus. So again, very glad you were here. So Ash, this has been very enlightening. It's been a great conversation. And again, we're delighted to have you at Opus. And pleased that you took a little time out of your busy day to tell us about what you're doing. So again, thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure, Ben. Thanks for having me. And to all our listeners, thank you as always for joining our podcast. And we look forward to having you for our next episode. Take care, everyone. This has been Eye on the Cure. To help us win the fight, please donate at foundationfightingblindness.org.